Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with a guest to take a little wander into their life. This week I'm stomping with author, content creator and self-promotion dab hand, Steph Sword-Williams. Now I became aware of Steph from her book, Fuck Being Humble, which I think doesn't go backwards in coming forwards. I'm not even sure if that's the saying, but you get my point. Steph believes that being too humble or not advocating for yourself is detrimental to your happiness, your life, and your career. She's had huge success in taking this message to America, around the UK, to some of the biggest companies and organizations in this country. She worked in advertising and marketing for many, many years in massive organizations and has learned so much from her experiences. She has been recognized for her work at being a Forbes under 30 for Europe, Uh, and also uh, top 100 women changing the creative industry two years in a row in 2020 and 2021 as well. So this is someone that's done a lot, seen a lot, and has a lot to say. I'm excited for this conversation because I can see and probably do believe that we aren't the best sometimes at advocating for ourselves and maybe we are a little too humble. Let's delve into this conversation, find out more, and I think and I hope in particular we can bring some actionable tips for anyone in the workplace, employees, if you're looking for that pay rise or to change a set of conditions or just wanting to be more confident in yourself. Enjoy this episode. I think it's going to be a good one. Welcome to the Stompcast. Thank you for joining me. What a beautiful day. It's a go- Describe the weather around us. It's gorgeous right now, isn't it? It's, it's very grey, <laughs> traditional British autumn. You can say it's pouring down with yeah, the rain. Yeah, it's pretty it's bad. It's, it's, down it's definitely the, the worst weather I've ever recorded a podcast <laughs> in outside. Well, have you done podcasts outside? I've Did never you? done a podcast okay. outside. This may be my last time. <laughs> oh, no. Imagine I've like, like you've, imagine I scare you off outdoor stomping podcasting. No, absolutely not. I love the concept of the, the podcast. I well, think it's I'll been just great, choose the warmer weather. I got to show off our... Um, 
umbrellas. Our umbrella. It's not a Stompcast umbrella before you think I'm trying to sell you merch, guys. <laughs> um, uh, it is a, it's a very much a non-podcast one, but it's cool, isn't it? It's a great umbrella. I'm actually going to put it on and uh, get it. Oh, look, see, a quick button and uh, we're up and running. Well, welcome to the Stompcast. Uh, thank you for coming along in, uh, on such a wet and rainy day. You were very wise to bring your own umbrella. Less exciting than mine, I must say, but uh, thank you for joining us. Um, I've been fascinated to talk to you. Um, when I kind of saw, I mean, you can't really ignore the title, Fuck Being Humble, can you? In fact, you brought a copy of the book uh, and I was just flicking through it there and we'll delve into it a little bit more but that fuck being humble is quite grabbing I think probably for me instantaneously because as Brits it's like that being humble don't uh, don't talk about your achievements you know if you've done something well be embarrassed by it and if I could just use an example for me actually when I was really coming along today like whatever way we travel today we came by car I often just really get myself in the mindset of the topic of like how does this apply to my life because I hope then that for others listening that you know it brings out a perspective of like well how do we apply this in our own lives and a few weeks ago um, I received an honorary doctorate uh, of law which um, I was really proud about but I actually started the speech apologizing for being proud of it almost and I made a joke about being British and accepting awards and then I came away from it I was like why do I have that mindset because actually I do deserve that award I have worked really hard um, and I'm apologizing for it on stage when they're celebrating giving it to me uh, so I guess we all are a bit susceptible to this feeling of embarrassment around achievements why do you feel so strongly that we should go the opposite way and not be humble or not be as humble because I guess when I think about it, and I, th I guess what you just said as well, like, did it make you feel great apologising for something that you'd... Felt awkward. Uh, yeah. So why do we do that? And I guess that was my mission when I started thinking about it. I would see all of my amazing friends mm. do incredibly great work and they'd either be overly mod modest, mm. they'd minimise themselves, mm. they'd water down what they were talking mm. about. And I was like, but why are we doing this? And I do feel it's because it's more socially acceptable to take the piss out of ourselves mm. or mock ourselves, particularly in the UK, than it is to go, no, I'm really proud of what I've done. And I think a lot of that comes from, we don't hear enough people speak in a way we identify in that narrative or in that tone that we find it so far removed. So I feel like when we look at like Americans, for example, there are a lot less humble or they're a lot more open to confidently speaking about their successes but when brits hear that we go oh gosh how cheesy and it's like but why almost like sit in that discomfort and ask us why is it that we don't want to say i'm really proud of myself and i, I really want to change this normalized culture that you get kudos for mocking yourself and actually Yes, there's times where you can mm. be self-deprecating mm. from now and then, but if you've worked really hard on something, why mm. wouldn't you just embrace that feeling of mm. pride? I think, it, you know, I'd actually add to the point that I said, I wouldn't say it's just awkward. I'd say I'd go further and say it was actually uncomfortable. Yeah. It's an uncomfortable thing. It's uncomfortable to acknowledge your successes, but it's also uncomfortable to kind of be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry for it. It's just a weird experience for everyone. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you say to, uh, well, actually, funny enough, Abby's got a new coat on today, which is a lovely coat, by the way, Abs. I mean, we, one thing we did say, though, is lucky it's not snowing, because you'd sink in and the yeah, snow sure, would be. Yeah, sure, absolutely. That's a, a dad joke. That's terrible, that one. But <laughs> anyway, she looks great. And actually, you took it. You said thanks, Abs, didn't you, today? You're like, thank you. But often it's very easy when someone says, oh, that looks really nice. Your hair looks great. You just kind of oh, brush it aside and like. But then it makes the other person feel awkward because they're like, oh, so why do I we, don't know why what. Why do we do it then? Because I mean, there's a negative, we have, humans have a negative bias, we have yes. a natural negative bias. Is it because of that or, or is it because of the language we hear growing up? Is it because no one actually 
I mean, I can't think of many people in my life that are as good at taking compliments. I don't think it's been role modelled well enough for us. And I think people follow suit. So if people reject compliments, mm. we go, oh, that must be the, the right way to handle a situation because you don't want to look self-involved or you almost don't want to look like you're agreeing with the compliment. Mm. I actually think that's part of it, is that people feel uncomfortable right. to accept the compliment they're receiving because it looks like you think highly of yourself which I, I don't obviously personally agree with but I think there's a way that we can accept it and it's one of the things I talk about is that we work so hard day in day out to get external validation and then when we get it we go wasn't that big a deal. So if you're someone who is generally lonely and you think well I'm not very good at talking to people and I can't go out and speak to people and I'm, I feel very lonely your behaviours will match that identity. Yeah. Whereas someone who goes, uh, and I know this is very oversimplified, but you know, allow me people just, just for the example of this. If you're someone's like, um, actually, no, I'm a confident person. I enjoy talking to people. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I create friends very well. You're going to put yourself in situations that align with that identification. It's like I, um, I went along to a run club on Friday before we recorded this and like, I'm naturally someone, again I'm doing it now, who's probably quite introverted and I have in the past been much more shy about meeting new people, which sometimes surprises people, maybe it doesn't. Um, but I was like, no, I'm going, I'm going to have fun, I'm going to meet people, I'm going to make friends. What happened? I went, had fun and made friends. So there's something about that. The it's, limiting it's a, it's beliefs. Almost, there's limited beliefs and being uncomfortable with accepting that new version of yourself. So if you're going to be someone that's not humble or you're going to be someone that's confident, that means that you have to act like someone that's confident. Perhaps if you don't identify like that, that it's, feels alien. Yeah, in some ways I, I find a lot of people that I help or, not, or don't help as a result of this is that it's easier to stay in your current situation than it is to do the difficult sure. things you need to get out of that. So there's a really great quote from Mark Shaler who says, if, you've always, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Well, Einstein's theory of madness, isn't Lots it? of people talk about it. And I think the reality is, is that we so often, we kind of, I don't want to say create excuses, but we use reasons why that couldn't possibly be me, or I, I will never be that person, or I just don't do these things. And what we're actually doing is blocking ourselves from being a version of ourselves that we'd actually love to be. And I do think it's important just to give a little caveat for those that are listening. Of course, I believe in being humble. So I absolutely do believe there's a place for humility in your career. If you attended one of my events and you said, Steph, that was amazing. Mm. I'm not going to go, I know I'm bloody marvellous, aren't I, right? <laughs> well, I hope I, you would after you I understand this. there's like, a level of... And no, in that moment is when I would take the time to be humble and say, thank you so yeah. much. It means a lot to hear that from sure. you. But what I hate to see is when people are so modest that they miss out on opportunities because they think that they will be more accepted by minimising themselves. Mm. Like what a sad world that we've created mm. where we want people to downplay the things that they work really hard on just to, so that what other people feel more comfortable. You know, it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't seem to add up. And I think the reason the message is struck a chord with so many people is because they do feel so frustrated that they have had to feel overlooked or they haven't always spoken up when they've had the chance to and that's I guess that's why it's been such a universal hit with people is because people are dying for the permission to say 
yeah, actually, I do want to say I'm proud of myself, even if they've not yet realised it themselves. Mm. It's interesting. I wonder whether looking back at like childhood and stuff, I mean, generally most schools adopt a school uniform. There's lots of reasons. I'm not saying we should scrap your school uniform. There's a lot of stuff around like removing pressures with finances and people can afford certain things. But if we look at it just slightly simplified for a moment, even wearing school uniforms um, and the way that perhaps the school structure is, it's like trying to be the a average, perhaps. Yeah. Like, you know, I think, I think also like I've heard a lot of people say this when I've been visiting schools and stuff is that sometimes the pressures, the odd pressures that people want to achieve and do well at school, but also they don't want to be seen to achieve and do well because then they might stand out and be bullied or picked yes. upon. Like they, they don't want to do badly, but they don't want to do really well either. Yeah, it's, it's like hard. a comfort in the, there's a comfort of being in the, in, in the kind of norm of it. So yeah, let's dig, let's dig into it then a little bit. So the, this mindset, okay, sounds of the same, okay, fine. We need to be less humble. But in practice, what does that actually mean? What does that look like inside someone's head? So is that about how you behave day to day and how you approach life? Is that how you take compliments? What's the kind of center of that ethos? It's actually so multi-layered that it's hard to give mm. one answer. I think at the very beginning, and something I know, you know is really important for us to do is, is embracing self-reflection. When I ask people to reflect on their successes, you know, in the last week or in the last year, people, I can see the discomfort in their body, in their face immediately. And these questions, we don't spend a lot enough time reflecting on really valuable questions that can help us become the better version of ourselves or to live a more enjoyable life. And at the core of self-promotion and being less humble is actually reflecting on what am I doing and how am I doing things in a way that I'm either proud of or I'd like to make changes to. So I think the first step is like embracing self-reflection as a habit and something that is actually going to be a massive confidence building task. Mm -hmm. We wait till the end of the year to reflect on how great everything is. Mm -hmm. And by that time we're tired, we're burnt out, we're exhausted. Mm -hmm. I often joke, we don't, we don't feel like we've got dressed well that year, mm -hmm. let alone had you mm -hmm. know, a positive career success. And so the need for consistent self-reflection on our personal growth is so important because we often overlook the small steps of progress mm -hmm. that can really help to build our daily confidence. So that would be the first thing. I think another aspect that I often talk about is always making the most of the opportunities when they're presented to you. So I know so many people who say, oh, I had the chance to speak up in that meeting and I just didn't and I'm kicking myself now. Or I was in that performance review and I didn't ask for the money that I know I deserved and I wish I had have done. And there's a great author called Daniel Pink and he's written a book on the power of regrets and he's been studying regrets for years and he mm. believes that our regrets should be the blueprint to our future mm. which i thought was a really nice statement because what he's saying is for years we've had these like you know motivational slogans that say hashtag no regrets mm. and what he saying is like if you feel a level of regret around something it's likely that you probably don't want to repeat that yeah so ignoring that by saying yeah. i have no regrets could yes, actually be quite problematic and so he in his research what he said is that one of the biggest regrets people have is boldness regret mm. is wishing they'd have spoken up mm. and made the most of something when they had the chance to that could be in love it could be in work but 
it, I immediately identified with that and I know many people do and I often say fuck being humble is the answer to make sure that you don't have that boldness mm. regret that you don't look back and go why did I not just speak up when I had the chance to mm. and then I, I guess the final aspect that I always really try and encourage people to think about is like the benefit of how your confidence can help others mm -hmm. because I think we often look at confidence as as an on an individual basis or you know mm -hmm. self-promotion being about me mm -hmm. when actually if I self-promote and share a success about something I never thought I would do being a young girl from Leeds mm -hmm. or you know not going to a privately educated school mm -hmm. or not having investors back my business and all these things there's a potential that I could help one other person in the world by hearing that story yeah. so often one of the things I encourage people to think about and it's what helped me write my book when I had huge amounts of imposter syndrome was if one person benefits from this that's all that matters yeah. like ego aside one person so that's what I always try and focus on and I talked about this quite publicly with social media is that you know I'm a founder I'm an author I'm a speaker I've got so many great things that I do but just like every other human I get myself very caught up in social media and measuring the wrong mm. metrics of my life and one of them recently I was like crying on the bed to my fiance because I hadn't had good social media engagement and it took a minute to be like what are you doing like yeah. why are you actually getting so upset about this and I think what I was doing was just focusing on the wrong areas yeah. and actually reminding myself everything that I'm putting out there has an intention yeah. so I'm trying to share a post from a great author and an amazing quote that they've shared because I think somebody somewhere could benefit from this and I think sticking true to that sentiment and that feeling in yeah. your gut of I did this for that reason and even if the whole world doesn't love it mm. I did what I did in that moment yeah. because I thought it was going to help someone Agreed. and that's what I've been trying to kind of ground myself with mm. a little bit more more recently so that I focus on what's important. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So first of all, let's talk about that kind of reflection, because often people, when they talk about reflection, they're talking about looking at things that have happened and usually things they want to do better from a negative perspective. perspective. Sure. So we do a um, weekly sit down, um, which we did this morning. It's every Monday amongst the team. We look at things. We look at data and numbers. And yes, some of that will be engagement and things like that. But we are very importantly looking at like 
what, what, what did we do? What was the outcome? And let's celebrate those victories. And I have this saying, like, celebrate the little victories. Yeah. And now that's not to say that we don't get caught up. I also get caught up in, oh, gosh, that's annoying because we put a lot of time into that when it didn't quite land. Yeah. But that's because you want to reach as many as po people as possible. But you've got to remember, like you said, that if it helps the one person, and often it's the one message that I get or someone stopping me, you go, oh, wow, like, that's, that was so worth it. For that one person... Yeah. You do all of that 15 times over. But let's delve into it. So, so what, should, what should healthy and helpful reflection look like? Because you do want to look at things you want to improve. It's important to be self-reflective. Yeah. But how do you do so in a way that leaves you feeling more confident, not beaten up? Because it's easy to beat yourself up. So the first place I'd start is asking yourself, how are you measuring success? Because everybody's success metrics should be different. How you are measuring this, this year will be completely different to how I am. And I think it's really important to get clear on have those, has that version of success been defined by you or somebody else? That's, so, a great, that's such a great, that's a great place to start. Because actually, if you're letting success be defined by society, yes. then you're immediately not going to be satisfied because you're not actually ever on the same uh, what you call and actually I talk about this a lot with um, alcohol like if you're if you're if you're allowing society to prescribe your fun you're never gonna have fun so if you just follow what everyone else expects you to do to have fun you'll actually end up dissatisfied sorry I cut across no no I think it's really true and I've been working on a project recently and a lot of people I'm speaking to are having what I'm calling a career come down where they realize they've been living out the career dreams of other people or the societal expectations of other people only to realise they don't even know what their own values are. And so I think that's what's really important to start with is to get really clear on what does good look like. And I guess I'm saying good because I think when we say words like success and achievements, people immediately freeze up and go, I've got nothing to share. So if you kind of make it a little bit more accessible by just saying what does good look like or what has good felt like this year, that's quite a nice starting point. And then I listened to a really great TED talk recently by Kevin Kelly, and he talked about often some of the best things that have happened have happened as a result of the things that didn't happen. Mm. And I really liked that sentiment because so often when we're reflecting, we talk about the things that happened this year in order to me be, for me to be proud of myself. Mm -hmm. But actually, it got me thinking about what things didn't happen sure. this year that either led me on a different path or has helped me to feel more clarity or mm. I've gained something else in return. And I really like that as a question because we can often think of things that didn't happen. Do you mean kind of like a door closes and therefore yeah, one, another door, door opens? Yeah, a door closes and therefore another one happens. So I was talking, the example I gave on social media when I shared this as a post was, you know, I applied for my dream job when I moved down to London and I got ghosted, basically. Mm. Uh, I took another job. It was a completely different type of job, had way more responsibility, threw myself into it. And a year later, I reapplied to the same company and they offered me a job when they didn't even have a job posting on the website. And that would never have happened in the experience that I gained in that two years whilst I was working the other job was so influential and, and still has been on my entire career that I'm glad I didn't get that thing yeah. the first time round. So I, I quite like this question of what didn't happen and how can we see some goodness out of that? 
And then the final question I think can be really helpful as well is like, how did that opportunity come about or how did you create those good moments? I'm reflecting on that. Because if you feel a sense of fulfillment out of the things that you're writing down as what brought you joy or what brought you happiness, ideally you want to try and create more of those, right? So thinking about how those opportunities came about is then moving you into the next year ahead mm. or the next chapter or the next season, helping you to identify, okay, this might be more of what I want to do or possibly less of what I want to do. It's kind of like an idea then that you're... You're, you're being act it's an active reflection. I guess all reflection is active in some sense, but you are trying to find an active, you know, uh, I guess response or outcome from that in the sense that you're going, well, these are things that have happened I'm grateful for, and perhaps, okay, like this, that might have been a difficult thing to go through, but this wouldn't have happened otherwise. But also, in a very deliberate sense, these are the things that I've worked at, that I've achieved, but also things I've enjoyed. I need to make sure the next year has that in. And, and I think a lot of people, including myself, as we come into this kind of December, winter time, we do do a lot of reflection. We do think about where life is and what's happening. But I think we often focus about what's not happened. Yeah. And, and I think the mistake there is that how are you going to know what to do more or less of if you don't focus on the things that have happened in your life and how yes. you felt about those yes. things? Uh, happening because life does feel a bit passive sometimes even when you're very active and you're very deliberate we've just stood under a covering because it's absolutely pouring it down to you on the stump cast you know life does feel sometimes like each day comes at you Monday comes round, right let's go out and even if you're very high energy and you know you want to go and hit the week sometimes it just feel like you're ticking the boxes yes rather than you go like what am I doing this for what's the bigger picture here one other thing that I talked about quite recently actually is and I talk about it in a lot of my talks is the importance of validating yourself and not needing validation from others. Now, I know we are humans and that is not that easy, but something that I realized when I quit my job, especially when I quit my job two weeks before the pandemic hit, to be a public speaker and all events got canceled, I had no longer had a team, I no longer had a boss, I no longer had anybody patting me on the back. So I very quickly had to learn that if I want my confidence to remain intact, mm. I have to learn how to self-congratulate. I mm. have to learn how to acknowledge when I've done something that's good, bad, and yeah. maybe requires additional growth, right? And so I have created a list of questions that I can ask myself that don't require an external opinion. Let's hear them, shall we? So if I go to deliver a talk, mm. I can ask myself, did I deliver the information yeah. as well as I could have done? Was I clear? Would 16-year-old self version of me be happy? Um, did I share references that were accessible to everyone? Did I keep the, engage, the audience engaged? Did I feel like the audience were receiving me well? And this like, long list of questions that I've built are all to do with my version of success mm. and what good looks like. If my client doesn't email me after the event and say, that was amazing, at least I've got my no, checklist yeah. to go, I'm happy with mm. where that got to and I'm happy with these things. Mm. But relying on other people's validation in order to see our worth is such a difficult place to be mm. in because actually what ends up happening is if we don't get that validation, we cannot recognise our worth. And also you can end up in a false 
place where you think that because people are validating what you're doing, saying, oh, you're so great, that actually, A, that you actually were great, or that you you actually gave the version of yourself that you wanted to in whatever way that is. I guess like the way I think about this, you know, I, I, I do a lot of public speaking, I do a lot of engagements and all, all different kinds. And sometimes I come away and go, that was kind of that was kind of like an average-ish yeah. one. I don't feel that I was as happy with that. But then they're like, oh that was brilliant. And other times they're like, they're perhaps not as like excited. Whereas I'm like, do you know what? I'm really happy with that. So it does show you that so there's often there's different versions of things. And obviously ultimately you've got a client and make sure they're happy. But it does tell you that what goes on in your head doesn't necessarily represent what goes other, on people, in else's. other people think Absolutely. of it. So how do you apply your questions and that approach then to people who are yeah, not doing public speaking? Or, you know, how do they apply that to everyday life, I guess? What, how would you create a set of questions that you could use for your work or for your own review or whatever kind of reflection that's helpful um, for people listening? I guess it comes down to your personal values mm. again. And I was talking to a friend about this recently about having personal values, but also having career values and how they're slight, they can be slightly different True. things. And actually it's reflecting on when have you felt like you've done a good job at work and you were really proud of that? Or when did you feel most alive? Or when was there a time you actively put yourself forward for something because you thought I can do that? And so again, a lot of this introspection, because at the end of the day, most businesses are based on profit, right? Yeah. So most businesses are gonna link your performance back to profit. Yeah. But you as an individual, that might not be how you measure your success on, did I make my company richer? Mm -hmm. Actually, what you might care about is, um, did I speak to people the way I wanted to be spoken to? Or did I navigate that difficult conversation with grace? Or did I share an idea even though I didn't know if people were gonna like it? And, and is that something I'm really happy with because five years ago I would never have shared an idea mm. unless I knew people were gonna love it. So mm. it's kind of looking back again, like we said, looking back at things maybe you regret in your career that you haven't done, but also drawing yourself closer to your own career values and asking yourself, how do I want to show up or what do I want to be known for or what would I love to look back on and go yeah I'm really glad that was who I was in the workplace and how can you then create a list of questions it is very personal because I think it's important that it's personal so I don't want to give a list of examples yeah, sure. that are you do know this, do, that. do this do that I think it's it's down to the individual mm. to really reflect and go yeah what would mm. those questions be for me that don't require the external validation mm. Now how often should someone do this? Because I think a lot of the time we wait till New Year's, probably running up the days. Often I think people do this after the Christmas Day, Boxing Day, running up yes. to New Year. They create a list of things that they want to achieve that year. But perhaps that's the main focus, I think, for a lot of people. How would you advise someone just to do it a little bit differently this year, just taking into mind what you've just said? Should you separate career with your personal life is that too simple and it's kind of overlapped and yeah just just real basic because for a lot of people if you've never done this before it's like where do I start I get a blank piece of paper what do I do so just a little bit of guidance perhaps of especially around this time of year and then when do you review that is it spring is it summer is it every four months quarter q1 q2 q3 to use business I would encourage reviews. you to be reflecting weekly weekly as weekly, much as weekly. Wow. because it's not again it's not mm. about you going I brought in 50 grand yeah. for my company or I got a promotion every week because you won't get a promotion every week. But it's more about 
did I have a difficult conversation this week that I'm really proud of that I did? Or did I go for a walk every day when I said I wasn't going to? So the weekly reflection will be simultaneously building your confidence. Waiting until the end of the year, as I said, when you're tired and exhausted, you're literally saying to yourself, only at this time of the year mm. can I reflect. Mm. Okay. And actually, in order to feel better about ourselves, the more regularly we reflect, the more we will acknowledge the journey. I speak to a lot of famous people who have, you know, I spoke to an actor last year and she was like, I was always chasing that big mm. film, that mm. big movie, that big role. And she said, I eventually got there and I realized all of the tiny jobs that got me there were actually the ones I enjoyed yeah, the most. Exactly. And I think that's why I don't want people to wait mm. till the end of year to go, what have I done? looking at all those tiny little steps continually can have a much better impact on our mental health and the way that we present ourselves. One thing I would say, and I have a bit of a rule on this, is I don't really set goals for the year. My previous jobs, one of my previous jobs, was very linked to reaching financial goals. And when I didn't reach them, I felt so bad. I felt like I hadn't delivered work. I judged myself heavily. And I also felt judged by the peers when I hadn't delivered or met those certain goals. So when I was setting up my own business, I was actually very clear with myself where I said, you get to decide to jump off this race wheel and decide how you measure success or how you want to plan for your future. So I don't plan for goals. I just live out dreams. So I say, what dreams do I have this year? Or what dreams do I have in general? How are because they different to goals? Just to, just they to don't, they're not time sensitive. Right. But can so, you could so come and be like, I dream of making a million pounds this year. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no, there's no dictation on how that can be. But there's a difference between when you get to the end of the year, you're not going, oh, I didn't reach that goal. I'm so rubbish. I personally find it more positive language to say my dreams right now are this because they might change in six months they might change in 12 months they might change every year and that's also okay but i think linking it back to this goal-centric narrative that is so popular in culture when we don't reach those goals it's like you've got the last three months to make that goal happen it's like no you don't you've got your entire life to make that thing happen so i, I find these goal orientated quarters and months and years can actually be quite restrictive and can have a longer term negative impact if you're not reaching them. What's the implication on businesses? Because I think I listen to that and think that's, I can really see, um, and I'm playing devil's advocates here, I can see the argument for it perhaps as an individual, but as they, if you step into a business hat here and you've got everything going on in the world, right now, the recession, you know, you've got, you know, at the end of the day, you've got bills to pay, it might be your Absolutely. warehouse or whatever it is. How do you create a culture that isn't too goal-orientated, goal but at the end of the day, you know that if you don't make X amount of money a month, then the business collapses. Do you know what I mean? How do you balance that? Perhaps more so if we're looking here at, as a manager or as, a, as an owner of a company, because you don't want to put too much pressure on your staff, but equally, you do actually have to make profit. Otherwise, without profit, we, it might not exist or whatever. Absolutely, but I am also hearing from a lot mm. of people, because obviously I run lots of events, mm. I speak to people on the ground, where profit has become priority over mm. everything else. Mm. So a lot of businesses are claiming that there's well-being benefits and there's mm. all these things in place. But I would argue or I would encourage leaders to think about, 
are we prioritizing profit and the narrative around profit more so than some of the other aspects that so what you're saying is almost it's, it's, it's like the level of imbalance is huge yeah. it's interesting because i'm just it's a great time for us having this conversation because i'm doing this public mental health master and the current module is all about leadership management and organizational structure so looking at things like you know things that um, provide satisfaction and dissatisfaction how do you create positive work-based culture so it's really this is a really interesting chat and, and then one of the biggest things that it's saying in the module actually is that we become as we become more capitalist the focus, the profit, it just becomes like the 90% focus and it's like 10% of like what's the culture or what's the values of this or what are we achieving beyond this? If you look at this group, whether it's 20 people or 2,000 people, what is the community result from this? Is it just 2,000 people that are just here to make money? It's really, it's really I, interesting. It does reflect a lot of that. And I think if you asked your teams, that's not why they're there. Mm, mm. They, they did not sign up to your company mm. to make your company mm, richer. Mm. We're doing they, it because we we're want to doing it people, because yeah. we have a, a personal mm. drivers and motivators, and I would encourage businesses mm. to dig a bit deeper and ask their employees mm. what they are, mm. and to understand what they may be. But I, I also want to say, for, again, I can only really this is how I've chosen yeah. to build my life and my self-employed structure has helped me to say I know what I need mm. to earn each mm. month to pay the bills, yeah. but the change in mindset has been. Everything else is a bonus. And that, honestly, I mentioned it to another person and she literally said, my whole body's just dropped. That stress that I feel of, I must reach this yeah. 10K month or I must reach this. Yeah. Me saying, I know what my baseline is and everything else that comes is a bonus. I actually think I've performed better as a result. Last year was really my best performing year. Mm. I don't have any goals. I don't mm. have monthly targets on mm. finances. I don't have anyone breathing down my neck. I don't have anybody telling me what I need to turn over each quarter. Mm. I know what I need to do to pay my rent, mm. go on a few holidays and enjoy life. Everything else is a benefit. And I think when I center my work around serving, supporting people, inspiring people, more profit comes yeah. as a side effect, yeah. but it's not the driver of my yeah. work. Well, that's that thing of like, we launched, I come to the end of part uh, one now, but we, we launched Metal. Which is a mental fitness app for men, and like we, as we all sat down, it was like me, you know, me, Bear Grylls, you've got so many people actually behind it. It's, 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 there's, there's a huge group of us, and we're all people, men, really, that, that care about trying to do something here. And it's interesting, we sat down and said, do you know what, this app ultimately will, success is defined by how many men we help. But yeah. actually, that's one of the most beautiful models for any company or business, is actually that's what really matters here. That is, that is, that is the metric. How yeah. many men do we help? That's the metric. And I understand it from a business perspective. Is A business is about making profit, 100%. I get that. I run my own business. But I think the way we communicate and pressure our teams to create that profit can be detrimental and it can be unhealthy in the long run. Yeah, fascinating. Right, we'll come to end of part one there because we could talk, we could literally, part one is going to be its own F, I think, on its own. Uh, we've got some cyclists enjoying a little spin out to, around us. We're, we're very fortunate to have this. Uh, is it a pagoda? Do you count this as a pagoda? What yeah. does this count as? Safe as it? We're going to call it pagoda. A no pagoda, one can see it at yeah. the moment anyway. So, right guys, we'll see you in part two. We're going to pick up in part two and talk a little bit about that kind of employee, employer relationship, advocating for yourself at work and yeah, making sure that you don't walk away with the regrets, I guess, from, from any um, situations you have or reviews. As we draw to the end of part one, if you haven't already, check out Steph's book, also, The Mind Manual. I, of course, wrote this book to help 
build mental fitness for everyone. And we're going into a new year and it's a great time to kind of start and build upon the work that you've done this year and move into a new year in the right frame of mind. Anyway, have a wonderful day and we'll see you in part two. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different. Bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.